0: Part three and final of session 54, let's finish up with energy center dynamics, which sounds complicated, but it isn't. Let's dynamize it. So in the last video, we were tracing catalyst and talking about the energy centers. We discussed the negative oriented entities and how they program their catalyst. And so the last question that we cover was Don asking about, and I'll read it again, but how um, entities program for catalysts and then experience catalyst, And at the same time, they adapt to that and they use it for evolution. Now the conversation is gonna end really well here because they're gonna to continue to expand on how this dynamic works in terms of the catalyst that is provided and the energy centers and how they manifest the the self which is what the energy centers are. The energy centers are a way of the entity manifesting. So there's not much to recap, but just to say that we were talking about obviously energy centers and the positive and negative orientation and catalysts. So all of that is going to translate into this. But I want to start with the first question or the last question that I covered before. So get us really into context. Again, this is question 23, which I read last time, but I said it was going to be a real good bridge for this last part of session 54. So Don says, Now, it seems that we have prior to incarnation, in any incarnation, as an entity becomes more aware of the process of evolution and has selected a path, whether it be positive or negative, at some point the entity becomes aware of what it wants to do with respect to unblocking and balancing energy centers. At that point, it is able to program for the life experience those catalytic experiences that will aid in its process of unblocking and balancing. Is that correct? So this is where Ra says that it is correct. And again, this is just Don confirming that his view of this is, is right. And it is right. You program for your incarnation in terms of catalyst, and then as you become aware at some point, as uh, as Don says, as the entity becomes aware, then um, it becomes more able to program the life experience. As he says, At that point, it is able to program for the life experience, those catalytic experiences that will aid in its process of unblocking and balancing, which is the same. It's almost like becoming aware of your program as you decode this reality within yourself. You see that you have an inclination for something. You have uh, certain responses, specific responses, you have um, maybe uh, some biases and all of that is just making up the the apparent you. And this is where we get confused to think that we are what we are manifested here. And that is um, a limited view of the self. Um, so in any case, I don't want to get into that, but that's the point of the programming. It's just to, for you to overcome those blockages, for you to discern the Creator in essence, of all those things that you don't or can't accept. And if you think about it this way, it makes beautiful sense that, to me at least, if you have certain inabilities. Let's give an example of... um, And I'm just going to draw a very poor example. Possibly. I'm not sure. Maybe it's good. but. Imagine somebody who was a... um, I can't think of a word in in English, but say in in Spanish countries, uh, macho guys who were very manly and they, they ordered their wives and they had this very macho mentality. So during that life incarnation, they, they had blockages that they couldn't overcome. So now they will program for them to be more understanding of women in this reality. Now, how that may be, I don't know. It could be in many ways. But the point is that you program for those blockages to, or let's not even call them blockages, but just lack of perception of unity with things. And in this case, it's just, you know, equality with women, understanding that. So it could be in any way, it could be uh, a man who is uh, very sensitive now and can now feel what women usually feel in in their feminine side, in their sensitivity. I'm just making up stuff. but. This is the way that I see. It's beautiful how we program. And of course, you know, if somebody is sensitive and it feels weird being sensitive, it's not accepting its own um, its own self, its own program self, which is not the real self. It's just the manifest self. And this is where I say not to be confused with the self. Don't think that you are this that is being manifested. What's being manifested is simply a. Uh, manifestation of the Creator in a way that wants to accept itself. So, um, I think that makes sense. I don't need to go on with this. But in any case, that was the question that I left um, the last video on. And now we can go to the next question, question 24, where Don says, The purpose then, seen from previous to incarnation, of what we call the incarnate physical state, seems to be holy, or almost holy, that of experiencing at that point the program catalyst and then evolving as a function of that catalyst. Is that correct? Now, Ra is going to say, we shall restate for clarity. The purpose of incarnative existence is evolution of mind, body and spirit. In order to do this, it is not strictly necessary to have catalysts. However, Without Catalyst, the desire to evolve and the faith in the process do not normally manifest, and thus, evolution occurs not. Therefore, catalyst, Catalyst's program, and the program is designed for the mind-body-spirit complex for its unique requirements. Thus, it is desirable that a mind-body-spirit complex be aware of and hearken to the voice of its experiential catalyst, gleaning from it that which it incarnated to glean. So, um, let's go back to Don's question. The purpose uh, of incarnated physical existence is wholly of experiencing, at that point, the program catalyst, and then evolving as a function of that catalyst. That is where Don has its order misplaced where we don't come here to experience catalysts. We come here to evolve, but to evolve, we program catalysts. So the order is just simply reverse, And that's what Ra is clarifying when they say the purpose of existence is evolution of mind, body and spirit. Of course, in order to do this, it is not strictly necessary to have catalysts. You can evolve without catalysts, but without catalysts, that desire will probably be uh, very little. As it used to be prior to this octave, without the Veil, there is not much catalyst. And the same happens in 4th density. But within this new paradigm of the octave that we have with the Veil, it means that to get to 4th density, you had to have experience a lot of catalyst to become Open hearted to become more accepting and accepting unity, or on the negative side, just become more and more deluded with the idea of the separate self. So that's what Catalyst is for. Catalyst is to accelerate. That's what uh, Catalyst, the word catalyst, actually means a acceleration of a process, the speeding up of a process. So um, that's what Ra is clarifying here. And so They say that the catalyst is program, and the program is designed for the mind-body-spirit complex for its unique requirements, like I said, depending on what the entity wants to experience. What is it that it wants to face, unblock, or... In this case, uh, Catalyst brings uh, what we call karma, for us to experience that too, and accept it, and see that there is nothing Nothing to be afraid of, or whatever the case may be. It's just karma. is just inertia that we have from previous moments in our existence, whether it be the same uh, lifetime that we have right now, previous incarnations, or what have you. So uh, it is desirable that a mind-body-spirit complex be aware of and hearken to the voice of its experiential catalyst gleaning from it that which it incarnated to glean. Pay attention to your catalyst. All those things that are happening around you is catalyst. And the thing is, how can you elevate this? And we're going to get into a little bit of this. Elevate it and unstuck yourself from whatever view you have of your life experience that you're still seeing from a point of fear or from separation or from anger, you know, what is it that is there to be learned? So that is why it's important to be aware of the voice of the experiential catalyst. What is this catalyst telling you? What is this experience bringing onto you? And the tools are simple, you know, acceptance, acceptance of everything, I think that's That's the key thing, acceptance of everything. And from there, you can open yourself to higher realizations of consciousness, of whatever is happening to you. So we can go on to question 25. We have not many questions, but I think um, some of them are going to be really interesting. Question 25, Don says, Then it seems that those on the positive path, as opposed to those on the negative path, would have precisely the reciprocal objective in the first three rays, red, orange, and yellow. Each path would be attempting to utilize the rays in precisely opposite manners. Is this correct? It's a good question. Ross says, it is partially and even substantially correct. There is an energy in each of the centers needed to keep the mind-body-spirit complex which is the vehicle for experience in correct confirmation and composition. Both negative and positive entities do well to reserve this small portion of each center for the, manif- for the maintenance of the integrity of the mind-body-spirit complex. After this point, however, it is correct that the negative will use the three lower centers for separation from and control over others by sexual means, by personal assertion, and by action in your societies. All right, so before we get into the positive one, let's let's see what they're talking about. <laughs> um, so Don says that basically the three energy centers, the lower energy centers, are going to be used for different purposes on the positive and the negative. And Ross says that it is—why uh, is it partially? I'd like to see why it's partially correct. Um, precisely opposite manner. Yeah, okay, so I think the clarification is what is partially correct. That. You see, Rai is saying, and this is interesting, um, it's something I, ha- I actually never considered before, but you need to have maintenance on your energy centers. Um, Let's say the negative one. The negative one who closes the heart still needs a minimum of heart opening for the body to work, for yourself to work, for the self to work, for the entity to work, (laughs) not yourself. Um, So it also needs the higher energy centers to be um, at some maintenance, even though they're trying to activate Indigo Ray. I don't know, it's debatable if they use blue. That's something within the material that is unclear but I don't have to get into that. The point is that there needs to be a a minimum and in the same way for maintenance, the positive needs to maintain a red, orange and yellow uh, ray amount of energy flowing through. I mean, it always flows through but just a minimum for maintenance there, which I don't know if they say Yeah, it's a. You see, the way I see it is like most people on planet Earth are using our focus so much, they're using a lot of energy in their lower energy centers. And so when that is unblocked, then all that energy can flow to the higher energy centers, but you still need a little bit there. So I think that's what was partially correct in Don's question. And then they go on to say that it is correct. Yeah, you see, that's where they say that it is correct that the negative will use the three lower energy centers for separation from and control over others. So they're going to use it for separation and control over other people, which we know by now. They use it it by sexual means, that's red, by personal assertion, orange, and by actions in your societies, which is yellow. Those are the three lower energy centers and we're going to see what they say about the positive one. Ross says, contrary wise, the positively oriented entity will be transmuting strong red ray sexual energy into green ray energy transfers and radiation in blue and indigo and will be similarly transmuting selfhood and place in society into energy transfer situations in which the entity may merge with and serve others and then finally radiate onto others without expecting any transfer in return. So this is the positive one. They will be transmuting strong red ray sexual energy into green ray energy transfers. There is a little glimpse we can get here into sexual energy transfer and energy transfer there's still something unclear and recently I had the interview that if you haven't watched please go watch the interview that I did the Q&A with Austin Bridges and Gary Bean from NLL research and it is still sort of unclear what the sexual energy transfer is you know for for same-sex or for heterosexuals But here's a little glimpse onto one of the factors that plays in an energy transfer. You see, when Ra says, the positively oriented entity will be transmuting strong red ray sexual energy. So sexual energy begins in red ray. It is usually understood as orange because you need to differentiate it. It's undifferentiated first as it comes out. There is just a sexual need. And that sexual need gets identified, obviously, in the orange ray. And there is where we create biases. But this strong red ray is just looking for, I mean, the the nature of all energy, um, or the purpose of all energy is love. That is, it's love light. So it's going to be transmuted into green ray energy transfers. Now, this is where it doesn't matter what gender we are, biological gender, um, because the energy transfer of green ray is undifferentiated. It's simply love. It's unconditional love. And so um, there's a little glimpse. There's more to talk about the, um, the biological, which I personally think, personally think that there is a there is a purpose for the biological male and female, um, or some specificity in that circuitry between the biological male and the female when they they have sexual intercourse, which is. Um, The connection of the positive and the negative biological and there is something I don't know how much that relates to sexual energy transfer but something happens that's still unclear to me so as of the recording of this video and probably it's going to be uh, debated forever (laughs) until we get a clear understanding but for now I'm still getting into that. I don't know. I think there is a uh, something very specific about that union, but whatever. We'll uh, we'll see. In any case, what really matters is that energy transfers that occur from green ray, and yep, that is um, that is something that comes from red ray. It comes from that uh, necessity of unity with others, that sex is unity with another uh, being. So that's what we're seeking. And it's manifested as, you know, physical sex, because that's what Orange and Yellow Ray wants to do. And Green Ray is simply, you know, radiating it without the need of physical contact, which is really what say monks, this is where also something that gets controversial to spiritual people. Well, sex, you know, it's not needed. I hear this a lot. And this is to me a trap of repressing your sexuality, where people say, you know, I'm in the spiritual path. So now I have no need for sex and they do have a need for sex. Um, But it's because they have heard that say monks I'm just gonna say monks. There are other uh, people who are forced in their religion not to have sex, but that's a distortion. But monks in general, they really have no necessity for sex. Why? Because they have taken a path, and I say generally, some of them may have and have been recorded to have, because they repressed their sexuality rather than doing the natural thing of opening themselves to the world and feeling one with the universe. Now, you see the people like I know uh, Ram Ramdas, Baba Ram Dass, used to talk about this. Uh, I always forget his name. I feel bad. In fact, I'm going to look it up because that bothers me. He was an American um, guy who, what was his name? See, not even Wikipedia has his name. Well, oh. yeah, it was Richard Albert. How can I forget Richard Albert? Um, him and Timothy Leary. <laughs> what a couple! Um, but yeah, he used to talk about this, like how at the beginning of you know his his transformation into this this new way of uh, living in consciousness. He said that, you know, the first couple of things that you go through is just the sexual, you know, need for for exploring. And then it'll go into that state of, you know, how can I love just one person? How can I have, you know, one preference where everybody that I see is just beautiful equally? So this is the process in which, you know, somebody who goes through, um, I'm just going to say the monastery of monkhood where you know they they realize that they're one with everything then there is no need for sexuality but for people like us who are going through an exploration of spirituality without you know a monastery and going through you know the uh the initiation and how you develop into this and that there's so much involved there There's even, I mean, I'm pretty sure that previous incarnations prepare them to be into this type of life for whatever reason. And, you know, anyhow, I'm going off track. But the point is that I think this is where it gets a little bit confused that, you know, you need to force yourself to repress your sexuality so you can be one with the universe. You don't have to be that way. Explore. This creation is not a race, you know, uh, um, yeah, a race to get into Seven Density. Why? There's a purpose for the creation, we're all here to explore it. So, um, what else do they say? They will uh, transfer us in radiation in blue and indigo, which is radiation of inspiration and sacredness. And we'll be similarly transmuting selfhood and place in society, which is again, selfhood is orange ray and place in society is yellow, into transfer, energy transfer situations in which the entity may merge with and serve others and then finally radiate onto others without expecting any transfer in return. So that is green and blue to me. Maybe some Indigo as well, but um. When they say, transmuting orange and yellow, the way they say it, selfhood and place in society, into energy transfer situations in which the entity may merge with and serve others. It's the difference between separation and control from the negative. Look at the antonyms that are used here. Merge as opposed to separation, which is what the negative does and serve others as opposed to control others. So this is what Ra is saying that we use these lower energy centers to merge more. So I'll give you an example. Um, Here is, I think, a very fitting example right now. We're seeing a global catalyst on Gender equality and um, inclusiveness, or inclusivity—I forget all the terms that they use—but you know, race um, is being included now. Uh, gender is being portrayed. Sometimes a little bit comical, I must admit, in the way that Hollywood is trying to do it now. <laughs> I think it's—it's it's a funny—it's a funny process. But the whole point is that this is what's happening. There is um, there is a lot of awareness into all of this. Um, I, <laughs> I have to give my opinion here. I, I, I still think it's kind of silly the way we do it, you know, uh, portraying women really masculine where that's not the purpose. You know, like when we said, oh, women can wear pants, too, and they try to m- become manly. Which is, to me, I mean, if that's what they want to do, I mean, that's free will. Of course, I don't mind that. But I feel like society always takes it in the wrong way and not, you know, like, yeah, it's equality doesn't mean that you're going to be the same as the opposite. (laughs) Equality means that no matter how you are, you know, you are, you're the same. You're one of the same. So this is to me what equality really means. Like I said, I think it's distorted now and it's silly. But the basis of this is that equality is being brought up to awareness. How we process it, it's going to take time, of course, but that's the point. You know, people who are aware of this can see it and say, well, that's silly. I mean, I get the idea. It's noble and it's kind of cute the way they're trying to do it, but it's silly. Um, and all that really matters here is the essence, the essence of that um, of that need to find equality amongst all of us. So that is using orange ray and saying we are all equal, okay merging with everybody and seeing how you can serve others you know in many ways that I don't have to extend myself into. In uh, another way, in the yellow ray, would be your position in society, you know, who you are. Maybe you're, uh, you're very popular. It doesn't have to be popular in the media, just popular in your town or in school, whatever. That's a position in society, how your position affects others around you. Now, instead of controlling them, which is the tendency of the negative one, you use it to serve, you know, how it's my popularity going to serve others. How can I serve others through the means that I have of uh, communicating with others? That's yellow ray. So this is how you transmute the orange and yellow and red into green and blue uh, energy transfers. I hope that makes sense. I have to admit, I feel weird. I have a blister in my lip. And I don't know if I can talk properly today. And also now using the headphones to monitor my audio because my microphone has been acting. So, I don't know. I hope I'm making sense and I can speak well. (laughs) But we can go on to question 26 where Don says, can you describe the energy that enters any of these energy centers? Can you describe its path from its origin, its form, and its effect? I don't know if this is possible, but can you can you do that? Yeah, I can't pronounce the P or the B very well, because it hurts. <laughs> um, Ra says, this is partially possible. Don says, would you please do that? And Ra says, the origin of all energy is the action of free will upon love. The nature of all energy is light. The means of its ingress into the mind-body-spirit complex is duple, dual, double. That's what it means, duple. Firstly, there is the inner light, which is Polaris of the self, the guiding star. I love that. Uh, This is the birthright and true nature of all entities. This energy dwells within. I have to make a pause here. Ah, oh, I love this. The polarities of the self, the guiding star. That is the inner light. That is the true self. Don't they say it there? Uh, there is the inner light, which is the polarities of the self, the guiding star, the true nature of all entities. Ah, it's lovely. This is the basis of my meditation. Just for you to know, my the, the basis of my meditation is. Focusing on that inner light, that's why I love it. All right. Anyhow, orgasm peaked. Let's go into (laughs) what Ross says here. First, Don wanted to know the origin and the path of the light. Let's see. Um, Describe the energy that enters the energy centers. Path from its origin its form and its effects? It's a really good question. So, Don uh, Ross says that, uh, first, the origin of all energy is the action of free will upon love. That is the origin. All energy in manifestation is free will acting upon love. Now, if you are perceptive, you notice that we're talking about the creative principles, free will, Love, as capital L, Love, and Light. The nature of all energy is light. So the origin of all energy is that interaction of free will upon love, and the nature of that energy is light. So light is the manifested, the intelligent energy. And so the means of its ingress into the mind-body-spirit complex, or us, is duple. Firstly, there is the inner light, which is Polaris of the self. In this little paragraph, you can see, you can take a good glimpse at the Creator. This this paragraph, I mean, it's missing the second point, but it's given you, it's given away the whole show. This little paragraph. (laughs) The origin of all energy is the action of free will upon love and the nature of all energy is light. From there we have the three creative principles, all showing the manifestation of creation. Okay, so that's light. Love, light, light, love. The means of its ingress, of this light, this capital L light, is... The um, firstly, there's two. The first one, and this is Kundalini, too. We talked about Kundalini, I think, in session 48 or so, 49, maybe. Go check it out. But the um, the point here is the first one, the polaris of the self, the guiding star. This is what I call the singular point of consciousness, the will. This is where the will. Is directed, is that static beingness, uh, Shiva in Hinduism. And this is the birthright, the true nature of all entities. The true nature of all of us is this singular point of consciousness that we are, without alteration, without discernment, without anything, no qualifications. It's just this. Perfect, permanent self in ourselves. This is the birthright and true nature of all entities. I cannot state that phrase um, enough. This energy dwells within. So, let me move on because I'll continue (laughs) this little paragraph. But the second point, so this makes sense. The second point, says Ra, of ingress is the polar opposite of the North Star, shall we say, and may be seen if you wish to use the physical body as an analog for the magnetic field as coming through the feet from the Earth and through the lower point of the spine. There's more to say, but this is the second point, and this is the prana, or the uh, this is actually shakti in the Hindu depiction of the Kundalini. Um, Shakti is movement, Shakti is dance and um, Shakti makes Shiva dance. And so they interact with each other. The second point of Ingress is the polar opposite of the North Star. That's the South Pole. And it's, um, it's going to attract it, attract it. That's why your will attracts this prana, this energy. Um, in the physical body, as an analog, you can see it as energy coming through the feet from the earth through the lower point of the spine, which is really where the energy centers start to be um, discerned. You, you start to be individualized because of the energy centers. It's almost like the prison in which this undifferentiated light comes through and it's um, It's refracted. And now you have the seven colors arranged in the particular form that you are. Now you came with a specific arrangement and you're wanting to become one with that flow of energy. This is what unblocking actually means. And even evolving has to do with this organizing and reorganizing of the the seven rays that flow through you. So this energy that is coming is undifferentiated. There's nothing um, going, um, going through that. I mean, it's just energy. And you, this entity that you are, is this beautiful prism that refracts the light in different ways. That's why there is no wrong way of being. You see, because every entity is refracting the creator, the energy, into beautiful ways, into this kaleidoscope of beingness. And so when you see this coming through and you can identify and see, okay, this is my red ray, it behaves this way, I have this orange ray uh, biases, and that's you, that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with any ener- energy center. It's just that anything that is in the lower energy centers, you want to use it with the tools that you have now of acceptance and service to others. It's that simple, and so that is going to make. And I'm not trying to sell you anything. If you uh, remember what the purpose of this is, is to realign yourself to be that person. So imagine that you have your energy centers. Um, you want them. Not you, but you, your higher self, has a view of how these energy centers could shine. And this shining is being sort of um, mismatched by other biases and inclinations that you have, perception, um, etc. All of this, the blockages that you may have. Well, The purpose of this is for you to be in alignment. This, in practical means, what it means is that you're flown with nature. You're one with the Tao. You are in the flow of things. You are the universe. You are that that is being manifested, and there is no blockages. So anyhow, I don't know why I got um, sidetrack here, but I hope that makes sense because this puts a lot into perspective. I mean, everything that we're looking for in texts, in uh, inspirational talks and seminars, and even listening to me right now, all that we're looking for is this little diagram that is being shown here by Ra in terms of the energy that we are and how it's manifested through us. And as we see it, through the catalyst, experiential catalyst that we're getting, we can actually start making adjustments and using this energy in the ways that we want to use it. So Ra has more to say, and I think they're just going to... Let's just read it. Ra says, This point of ingress of the universal light energy is undifferentiated until it begins its filtering process through the energy centers. The requirements of each energy center and the efficiency with which the individual has learned to tap into the inner light, determine the nature of the use made by the entity of these in-streaming. So this actually puts it into even more context because now we're bringing in the inner light. So the point of ingress of the universal light energy is undifferentiated, like I just said before, until it begins its filtering process through the energy centers. Same thing I said before, it's uh, neutral energy, pure energy. And now it's being refracted in the kaleidoscope that you are. Like I said, the requirements of each energy center and the efficiency with which the individual has learned to tap into the inner light. So you have requirements in your energy centers that are set by your programming. And all you need to do is follow that. That's why we have the plethora of individuality, when you actually see somebody dancing because they love dancing or painting because they love painting or simply not even arts, but just going out in nature and uh, playing with sticks for whatever reason, you know, they love that. Uh, They love breaking stuff. Some people love breaking stuff. Um, Is that a bad thing? In our society, we seem to think the breaking stuff is is bad but that tendency that some people have and i love youtube channels of people that you can see that they love building because they love destroying things there are many channels you can find and you can see this you can see how any behavior in humans has a beauty in it as long as it's being used for its own desires for what it wants to do somebody who likes breaking stuff it's because it loves to see how they work and they create things and innovate things due to this so whatever it is that people want to do you know that is the requirements of the energy centers this could be um, from red ray to yellow ray uh, and all of this its transmuted into how can I serve others and at the same time merge with them. That's the that's key. That's beautiful. I love it. So the requirements of each energy center, as well as the efficiency with which the individual has learned to tap into the inner light. So this is the inner light is the Polaris of self, the guiding star, this singular point of consciousness in which you, um, you direct your will. That's the directing of will, of what you want. This determines the nature of the use made by the entity of these in-streamings. Two things, the programming, who you are, love being who you are um, and the efficiency in which you know this person has or this entity has um, been able to direct its will into doing that, into opening the hearts or using this for the purpose of inspiration or using this for helping people in this way, whatever it is. It's just that directing of will. So, question 28 before I keep going. This is beautiful. I just love, I love that part. Question 27. Go back, go back and watch it again. (laughs) All right, question 28. Don says, does experiential catalyst follow the same path? This may be a dumb question. This is not a dumb question, actually. Ross says, this is not a pointless question. For catalysts and the requirements of distortions of the energy centers are two concepts linked as tightly as two strands of rope. So, um, I'm just going to reiterate what I said because this already makes sense. Catalyst and... The, um, the requirements of the energy centers are two, of course. Now that I said all of this, let's bring Catalyst back and see how Catalyst is trying to make us realigned our f- focuses of energy centers. So maybe our orange ray is a little deviated. Catalyst is trying to bring it right back into alignment. Same with our green energy center or yellow or whatever. Red ray. All catalysts in our life is helping us bring back into alignment ourselves. And all we need to do is challenge our convictions. Simple. Whatever it is that we're fighting against, we need to try to merge with. And that's it. This is what Ra is saying. You know, they are both intertwined catalysts and energy center use Is that and this is why catalyst is always needed because catalyst is always bringing that experience for that to keep flowing. So catalyst is almost like electricity that is um, it's allowing, you know, neutral catalyst is neutral. It's coming through. And yes, if you have some resistance to electricity, then what does the resistance does it generates heat friction? Uh, That's why you have electrical stoves. You know they are resistant to the light and they retain that. So, in the same way, if you're not resistant and you allowed, you know, you are uh, a conductor, simple conductor, you can allow a lot of energy to go through. Catalysts will come through and you will be fine. This is why when you open yourself to spirituality and saying basically to the divine, I'm ready to change, then all kinds of calamities seem to happen. <laughs> Um, all the people that you owe money start coming back to your door and saying, hey, you owe me money, figuratively speaking, not saying directly. Although if you owe money, then that may happen <laughs> as part of Catalyst. So this is what Ra is saying that, you know, it really isn't a pointless question. It really is right in line with the conversation. catalyst and energy centers. Anyhow, we have a lot more to cover. All right, Don says, then you had mentioned in an earlier session that the experiential catalyst was first experienced by the South Pole and appraised with its respect to survival, etc. That's why I asked that question and I, can you expand on that concept? Ross says, we have addressed the filtering process by which incoming energies are pole upwards according to the distortions of each energy center and the strength of will or desire emanating from the awareness of inner light. If we may be more specific, please query with specificity. And this was... um, when was this spoken? It was done in... um, see, this is... yeah, this was... Let me go back to... okay, I think Don is going to refine the question. Uh, no, I think that's, that's it, they discussed this in session 49, which I believe was the Kundalini, I think so. So they they definitely discussed this and uh, the filtering process of incoming energies, or pull upwards according to distortions of each energy center like we discussed before. We just discussed this actually in question 27, how it's pulled up and through each energy center, that's what they're talking about. And the strength of the will or desire, the strength of the will is coming from the inner light. Never forget that. The inner light is that which has will. And the strengthening of this will, which Ra has said in meditation, can happen by uh, concentrating on um, a particular form. It could be a cross, Buddha. It could be, I use the ank. funny enough, now that I have physical ang (laughs) I use it and I sometimes I use it you know to concentrate on the physical you know it's just visualizing an image and focusing that that's strengthening your will it's really hard to do I don't know if you can do it but I I can't maintain it it's really hard but it does help to strengthen the will however the will is really what you're using for this energy center um, move of the flowing of energy. From the inner light, say. um, That's what they mean. If we may be more specific, okay. So, not much to say here. I think we cover a lot of grounds with this question. Or the previous question, 27. It's beautiful. Question 30. Don says, I'll make the statement which may be somewhat distorted and let you correct it. We have, coming through the feet and base of the spine, the total energy that the mind-body-spirit complex will receive in the way of what we call light. Each energy center, as it is met, filter out, filters out and uses a portion of this energy red through violet. Is this correct? Ra says, this is largely correct. The exceptions are as follows. The energy ingress ends with indigo. The violet ray is a thermometer or indicator of the hole. So very simple here. Um, this is just an affirmation or something that Don wanted to validate, which is that we have the energy coming from the uh, from the bottom of our feet, or actually from red ray is uh, from the base of the spine and it goes all the way through violet. And Ryan's just correcting that we only use consciously one through six. Uh, red through violet, and that's why they say that the energy ingress ends with indigo, because the violet ray is a thermometer, is a a gauge of all the other energy centers. We have discussed this in previous sessions. I'm sorry if I don't have the specific um, questions where we got into it, but there was one around session 42 or so, I believe, when we talked about I think each energy center, and then how violet ray is actually a measure of all the previous energy centers. But in any case, the the part here that I like is that violet ray is never something that you um, that you need to unblock or you need to work on your violet ray. Some people say this in the spiritual media, as I now call it, <laughs> like you have a blockage in your crown chakra, or you know, stuff like that. Uh, not in this model. You know, people can invent all kinds of models, and that's fine. That's equally uh, acceptable. But within this model, and this is where I, I love the raw material because, you know, people may bring things from other, other models and say, well, you know, I know that I am from Nine Density. I am a wanderer from Nine Density. And I think that's great as long as you can construct a model that makes sense and is congruent with everything that you're saying within that model. But to bring a ninth density here into this model, it stops making sense and it kind of collapsed the whole model. Not that I'm trying to defend it, but it's just, it's not congruent. It's almost like changing your philosophical argument at the beginning, not the beginning, halfway through the argument, because you that which you agree at the beginning you want to change it for your own purposes and that's just being lazy in my view in any anyways so uh the violet ray is a thermometer you can't change that you can change that by changing or let me put it in more proper words violet ray changes depending on the changes that happen in your other energy centers i'll give you one extreme example. A negative entity who has used and blocked his heart tremendously uses the lower energy centers for potentiating itself and it's going to look in its violet ray spectrum really muddy, kind of like brown color. And it's funny because I've met a lot of people who say, who have no idea about this and they actually are afraid that they see people's auras. And when they see people brown, muddy kind of color or gray, they get scared. And that's because they're seeing somebody who's really negative. And so their violet ray looks like that. However, if this person, which is possible uh, within the lifetime, changes its polarity and opens its heart, then its violet ray is going to be completely different. It's going to shine with the colors that, you know, it's going to depend on the configuration of green, blue and indigo, but it's going to be different and it's going to be um, a lot more beautiful and discernible. This actually happened just to give you an example. Um, There is a story of the Buddha with Angulimala, which was a sort of like not even a rascal. He was a criminal. He was a guy that collected uh, bones like finger bones for his necklace, and it's a long story. But the point is that he kind of redeemed himself after meeting the Buddha, and the Buddha helped him, not without going through all his karma, of course. <laughs> uh, it's a funny story, but um, yeah, you know, he became enlightened and possibly even graduated out of this octave. So who knows? People can change, and uh, I don't know why. I, I got off track with this, but just to point out that the violet ray does change, but you don't change it at will. Like, you don't look at it and say, oh, I need to change that. You look at your specific energy centers, at least in practical purposes. That's what we should do. All right. Don says, question 31. As these as this energy is absorbed by the energy centers, at some point, it is not only absorbed into the beam, but radiates through the energy center outwardly. I believe this begins with the blue center and also occurs with the indigo and violet. Is this correct? Ra says, firstly, we would state that we had not finished answering the previous query and made thus answer both in part by stating that in the fully activated entity, Only that small portion of in-streaming light needed to tune the energy center issues. The great remainder being free to be channeled and attracted upwards. So first, um, let's address Ra's continuation of the previous question where they talk about the violet ray and how um, it's, um, it's a thermometer. They say that... Uh, in the fully-activated entity, only that small portion of in-streaming light needed to tune the energy centers is used, that maintenance light, the great remainder being free to be channeled and attracted upwards. So, once again, you get the energy as experience, and you use that energy mildly in the energy centers as is needed for maintenance in the lower energy centers and used a great remainder for channel um, through green, blue, and indigo. So that's a that's a nice addition to what we were talking about. So Ron answers um, Don's question and says, to answer your second question more fully, we may say that it is correct that radiation without the necessity of response begins with blue ray, although the green ray being The Great Transitional Ray must be given all careful consideration, for until transfers of energy of all types has been experienced and mastered to a great extent, there will be blockages in the blue and indigo radiations." So, this is pretty advanced stuff for the adept, who in its life experience is trying to make use of the energy in this way, like we have been discussing so far. Um, The radiation without the necessity of response begins with blue ray. Um, Yes, that is like the pure radiation of the self. That's why blue uh, ray is equated to honesty, pure honesty, because there is just nothing to, to hold on to. You have a pure radiation, without ne- the necessity of um, of response um, from others. So, uh, even though you know that's that's true, they do say that green ray must be uh, carefully considered. Green ray is. In practical terms, without going into too much abstract th- talk with blue, green, what it means, honesty, and so on, you cannot be honest if you don't have a, a total acceptance. And you're doing this. you know. It's not like, oh, I'm dishonest because my green ray is still in development. No, you have a degree of opening into blue ray um, Because see, the full radiation, of the um, of the self, that's Blu-ray, but it's the process, and it's not really the end game that really matters. I'm only saying this because I know we can't create the ideas that um, I'm not fully there, so maybe I'm not I'm not ready, and that can you know detract from people's uh, people's work and consciousness. So yeah, you have to consider Green-ray. Obviously, you know this is—it's the great stepping stone, it's the um, the springboard process for for the great spiritual work. For until transfers of energy of all types has been experienced—that's green ray—and mastered to a great extent, there will be blockages in the blue and indigo radiations. Of course, blue and indigo radiations depend on green ray. So the more you open your heart, the more accepting you are of reality. And you don't have to force yourself. Start with your life. You know, what is it that you don't accept in your life? Accept that. And as I'm saying this, I'm saying it to myself. It's funny how this works because I can actually recall many things that I still have a little problem accepting. And you know, that's that's the beauty of it. It's a it's a reflection. So this is this is what Green Ray is. It's acceptance. Yeah, we say unconditional love because it's a, it's a way to f- feel the the acceptance. Whereas acceptance can be used, you know, in you know, a uh, Western languages is complicated. But acceptance can be used as well. I'm just accepting it as um, resignation. You know, well. I'm giving up on this, I'm, a, I'm going to accept it. That's not acceptance in the loving sense. So acceptance and love, they go together in this context. All right. There's more to say from they say again, the violet emanation is in this context, a resource from which through Indigo, Intelligent Infinity may be contacted. The radiation thereof will not be of will not be violet ray, but rather green, blue or Indigo depending upon the nature of the type of intelligence which infinity has brought through into discernible energy. The green ray type of radiation in this case is the healing. the blue ray, the communication and inspiration, the indigo, that energy of the adept, which has its place in faith." Alright, so... I'm not going to elaborate much here because we have talked about this in the past, but just to reiterate that the violet emanation, again in this context, is a resource from which through Indigo we can contact Intelligent Infinity, and the radiation then of violet ray is going to depend on the specific contact that we have with with Intelligent uh, Infinity, whether it be healing, Communication and inspiration, um, or faith, the uh, emanation of sacredness, which is the work of the adept, the work of those who want to express their, not even to express, but just simply radiate it. You don't have to talk about it. And that is Indigo Ray. So these are the three works that Ra repeats uh, a couple of times in the past how Green Ray is healing. Blu-ray is communication and inspiration and Indigo is sort of this, um, has its place in faith, in the divine, in the sacredness. So I don't think I can say much here, but rather than, you know, this is is the way we contact intelligent infinity through the Indigo Ray. And the nature of that contact depends on um, what is it that we're here for. Um, I have considered myself a lot, just simply by my own inclination and biases, very much blue, um, Blu-ray oriented because I just love communication and inspiration. So <laughs> I think you can feel that here in this channel. In any case, question 32, Don says, what if a mind-body-spirit complex feels a feeling in meditation at the Indigo Center? What is he feeling? I know Don has asked this question before says this will be the last full query of this working. One who feels this activation is one experiencing in-streamings at that energy center to be used either for the unblocking of this end of the center or energy center, for its tuning to match the harmonics of its other energy centers, or to activate the gateway to intelligent infinity. We cannot be specific, for each of these three workings is experienced by the entity which feels this physical complex distortion. So, very simple, just to finish this up. Um, this is the same feeling that Don talked about in other sessions. He has mentioned it at least in two sessions, I think, where Raha said that this is, you know, um, they said that it, it feels that way because you may have a blockage, and they mention it here too. Um, it's also signaling. The um, activation to Intelligent Infinity, or tuning to match the harmonics of its other energy centers. So there's actually something cute to take out of this, which is the tuning. Because if it signals that you need to unblock it, that's great. We know that there's some some unblocking that's happening here. Um, To activate the gateway to Intelligent Infinity, that may be another thing. But the tuning to match the harmonics of its other energy centers—that's what's cute to me, um, and cute in the sense that we can think about what is it that we're uh, we're exploring at that point, that we feel that pressure in our eye, uh, eyebrow, in our in our forehead—it's between the in between the eyebrows, so. Um, maybe tuning to match the harmonics of whatever it is that we're going through. I don't know. I'm going to leave this for homework for myself. But yes, we cannot be specific for each. Yeah, there's no specific reason other than these three, you know, and it depends on the um, feels. Yeah, physical complex distortion is just that feeling (laughs) in the forehead. So, all right, that's it. That's all we got. for session 54, which is a long one, and I love all the exploration we did. Um, Conclusions. I have to go back to question 27, and what it really inspires me to think about is how we have, forgotten, to a degree, we have associated ourselves with the manifested, with the moving motion of the self, this entity that we are. And we forget that our true nature is this guiding star, the polaris of self, which is consciousness as we discuss it, is that uh, God is a movement and a rest. That rest is what we haven't explored too much because we're too engrossed in the movement, in the impermanence. That is the movement, is the impermanence of life that the Buddha taught. Um, So this rest is what makes us strengthen our will because we become more aware of awareness which is really what we are and from there we can explore our energy centers and look at them and say this is not me this is not me this is not me and by default you realize that in the apophatic method of denying god you arrive at god so To me, that's um, that's an incredible work that we can do every day with in meditation um, and in reflection too. just simply sit down and reflect on that. But in meditation, it's just amazing. And that's it. You know, this is this is the true nature of ourselves. But not to forget that what is being manifested is also ourselves. It's just that we are living sort of halfway, and we want to connect with that other half to appreciate this other half that makes us a little bit anxious and neurotic at some point, because we forget that we are the stillness, this pure awareness that is to me the Polaris of self. So to me, that is, um, I mean, we talked about energy centers and how the energy flows into this and that, but it, in a recap, I think that is the thing that stands out the most. And yeah, we can go you know, nuts on these energy centers and the catalyst and how it's being brought to us and how we can analyze it and so on. But I think I said that enough in the video. I just wanted to leave you with that thought in mind so you can dissolve it when you dissolve your mind in meditation. That's all I got then for session 54. Thank you so much for watching, for being part of this, for being interested in this material, which I am so passionate about. And I haven't even begun to understand it, but I just love talking about it. So I thank you for being with me here. And I have nothing else to say, but thank you. I love you. I'll see you in session 55.